Hello, everybody. My name is Adam Neff, and I will be your host today on the Adam Neff Fitness Podcast. So this morning, I was on a podcast with Daniel from Fitness Frameworks, and he interviewed me for his podcast, but he also asked me some questions for creating educational content on his website. So after answering all of his questions, I figured why not answer a few more and put it on my podcast. Uh, so I went on Instagram and asked you guys for some topics to talk about. So I want to first say thank you to those of you who sent me some topics and we'll just let this, uh, we'll let this roll and I don't do podcasts too much, so I'm going to stumble and mess up and I'll just, uh, let it, let it roll. But the first question is from Simon and Simon wants me to talk about my training philosophy. Uh, so my training philosophy has changed over the years, um, but I've gotten into the N1 education, which has really changed me and made me a much better trainer than I, than I was. Uh, I did the biomechanics and execution course, uh, went down to Texas and did a practical with them. Uh, and one of the biggest takeaways from doing that was knowing how to assess your client's active range of motion, uh, look at your client's structure and making sure that they're executing the movements based on what's available to them uh, when it comes to their active range, to their structure, uh, to how they move. And it, it's really just allowed me to keep my clients healthy and set them up better for all of their exercises. Uh, but for me personally, my training philosophy, uh, I like to train in a hypertrophy style. Um, N1 Education's programming is a little different. So they have stuff that's strength training programs, metabolic training programs, and hypertrophy training programs. For, so those are the three training umbrellas that the programming is based around. Uh, and then when I'm programming for clients, it comes down to their training goals, their training age, limitations, and, and stuff like that. But when it comes to hypertrophy, um, you know, it's all about progressive tension and force, but even though the main goal is hypertrophy, that's not the only thing I'm focusing on. So I still focus on hip mobility and thoracic rotation and functionality in that sense as well. So the next thing that, uh, that Simon asked about was mental toughness. So when it comes to mental toughness, I think this should be on a spectrum and that's based on goal. So someone who wants to lose 10 pounds and just generally get stronger and healthier, but they don't want to build a crazy amount of muscle or they don't have crazy strength goals, then their mental toughness isn't going to have to be as high. Um, but somebody who wants to gain maybe, let's say, five pounds of muscle after having lifted for five years already, they're going to have to work a lot harder and they're going to have to be a lot more mentally tough, quote unquote, going there, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so mental toughness is also going to be goal specific and workout specific. So, you know, just cause you leave two reps in the tank doesn't mean you're not tough. Sometimes that's part of the training program or protocol that you're following. Um, and then I think when it comes to mental toughness, people have to be realistic with themselves. So somebody who sits there and says they want to put on five pounds of muscle, but they're not willing to train really hard and, then they're probably not going to make that progress. And maybe they don't want that progress as much as 
they think they do. Uh, so hopefully that answers the questions on uh, training philosophy and mental toughness. If you want me to elaborate on anything, Simon, just let me know. Um, I'd be happy to do that. The next question comes from Claire. And Claire is asking how to train safely when you return to the gym after home workouts. So generally, I'm going to recommend that you don't train at a high RPE or a high rate of perceived exertion. If you're not familiar with that, just Google it real quick. Um, but I also like to use reps and reserve. Um, so if you have five reps and reserve, that just means that you could have done five more reps. I would probably recommend staying around five reps in reserve for the first week. Um, kind of also depends on what you have available to you. So if, I'm just going to assume most people have dumbbells, bands, a step, and a pull-up bar, um, and they have limited loading options for dumbbells. So I think it would be a good idea to stay in the, the uh, five reps in reserve using a lower volume, lower intensity, meaning lower load. And then just think about the first week or two as re-ingraining the movement pattern as your goal. Um, because some of those movements you might not have done. So if you're doing a dumbbell or a goblet squat and you go back to barbell squatting, it's kind of a different movement pattern because um, the load's going to be placed differently. So just be aware of that. Um, and then just be smart, meaning, you know, if you do four sets of 10 at 225 pounds on a squat, you probably shouldn't try to match that or, or one up yourself after not training for a, a month or two. Um, so another thing to consider is since you're doing a bunch of band work, or if you are doing a bunch of band work, you have to remember that bands are going to be getting exponentially harder in the short position. So that means that there's going to be less tension throughout the entire range of motion, especially in the lengthened position because the bands drop off uh, or in the stretched position as another way of describing it. Um, so since the bands are getting harder in the short position, it's more metabolic, meaning you're not going to get as much muscular trauma or muscular damage in the muscle tissue and you're not getting as much tension. So when you go back to the gym, you're gonna be using, you know, you're gonna be using more free weights and probably heavier free weights than you have access to. So just remember that those free weights are gonna be overloading the length and position more than the band work you've been doing. Uh, so the length and movements are more damaging to the muscle. That means you can create more of that DOMS effect or that delayed onset muscle soreness. Uh, which can be pretty hard to recover from and it's not pleasant. So just consider that when you're looking at your total number of sets for your, for your given exercises, especially if they're the length and position. Um, so generally speaking, starting back out, I would lean toward less total volume with free weights, especially. So the last topic comes from Camille and the topic is things you're on Instagram for, for health and fitness that are not actually helping you achieve your goals. Uh, and she talked about house plants, which I love because we have tons of plants in our home. Uh, I love having them around because, you know, Cincinnati's a gloomy city and we kind of have to be inside a lot because it rains. Um, so I do think that plants have like a, a positive impact on me and my mental health. 
Uh, plus, they give us oxygen, so I'm sure they have some sort of benefit there too. Um, some stuff that I follow on Instagram, I mean, I follow a lot of researchers when it comes to hypertrophy stuff like Bill Campbell and uh, Brad Schoenfeld. Um, but I also follow stuff like wildlife photos and, and nature landscape photos. Um, I just, I miss having some green space. Like back when I used to live, uh, in Sydney, Ohio growing up, uh, I don't have that green space here in Cincinnati. So I also follow some like positive affirmations and, and, uh, stoic pages for quotes and daily reminders. Um, I follow some X game stuff. I like to see like crazy talent, like uh, crazy musicians, guitar players, and uh, people on ESPN doing just insane athletic feats. But uh, that's pretty much all I really follow on Instagram. But uh, I want to say thank you guys all for sending the topics and thank you all for listening.